Alright, let's not even waste no time. Let's jump straight into it. So, over the past couple of days, you know, been a little missing in action, but that's alright. Back today with it. Um, so the Clippers are down three two now. Poor George. They're turning to playoff P. No Kawhi, no problem. Reggie Jackson. Might as well give him the nickname of Mr. June because he's been balling all June going into July. Um, played really big for the Clippers and clutch shots. You know, Reggie Jackson is a guy who can play great in spots, but he hasn't really proven himself as a starter in his career in the past. But right now, as a starter for the Clippers, he's proven that he's big time. You know what he can do. Big bucket maker, not scared of the moment, not worried about the pressure. Everything with him is with ease. And um, it's really been helping the Clippers. Tyloo is having the Clippers play hard. Um, They really believe they can win this series and get to the NBA Finals without Kawhi. They are well coached. Tyloo is a great coach. Tyloo is instilling the mental toughness and the fortitude that they need to continue to win games and to be strong, even though they are still in the hole 3-2. Um, Phoenix has to win. They have to close out game six because the Clippers are too much, too confident of a team. They believe they can win with their backs against the wall. And the way Paul George is playing, and he's just really coming into his own. I don't know if you could call him a second banana anymore um, or say he's not a superstar anymore. I think he's putting that superstar in front of that star or that complimentary star that you would call it, that we used to call him. I feel like if he has two more big games and can get this team to the NBA Finals without Kawhi Leonard, you have to really put superstar in front of Paul George's name. I mean, Paul George, he started off rocky, but the second half, he became composed, and when he became composed, he just went on a tearing like he never never seen done before by him. I mean, really just playing with a whole lot of confidence, really believing in himself. Uh, Talu believed in him. His teammates is believing in him. I think it, it all comes down to Talu really telling him, like, look, man, you know, I just need you to be composed, relax, take a breather, and embrace the moment. Don't force it, but embrace it. When you begin to embrace things, things become easier to you. When you force things, things are much more harder and more difficult. You put that unneeded pressure on yourself to prove to everyone that you're great and what you can and, and what you can do. And Paul just don't have to prove anything to anybody. He just had to believe and do what he's capable of doing. And I think that's what he's starting to realize when he just relaxed and just let the moments come to him and then rise to the occasion as the moments come, that's where you become. That players like Kevin Durant, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, those guys, you know, they let those moments come to them. They don't try to do too much. When you try to do too much, you step outside of yourself. When you be you and let things come to you, that's where... That's where you get the mindset and the strength and the belief and the ability of knowing oneself and what you can do. That's how you play to your strength. Even with your weaknesses, what you do with your weaknesses. You work on your weaknesses. You build your weaknesses up. So this way you become a well-rounded person or player or whatever you're doing in life. You build up whatever you're weak at by doing it, by walking through the fire. And then you realize the fire is not as hot as you once perceived it to be. And that's what Paul George is doing in the series. And um happy for him. And it's gonna be a hell of a series. I don't I don't think the Clippers is gonna roll over and the Phoenix thinks that the Clippers are gonna lay down. They got another thing coming to them. If they don't go out and take this game tonight, um they will be going home. Because these guys are fighters. They're not gonna lay down, especially Reggie Jackson produces another big game. And um, Marcus Morris Sr. produced another big game. And Paul George can just be Paul George, composed, calm, relaxed, and then take over the game later. And guess what? 
stay up, stay up for a rude, they in for a rude awakening. Um, the Atlanta series with Milwaukee is now two two. Hopefully Giannis is not hurt too bad. Um, hopefully Trey Young is not hurt too bad. I heard Trey Young didn't play. I heard Giannis had his knee. So this means Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have to step up and play big if they're gonna win this series. Because Atlanta, <laughs> no matter what I think or feel about Atlanta, they are a scrappy group. And um, if Trey Young comes back in the next game and Giannis is not there or Giannis is not 100%, they will win. Um, they will probably win this series. I mean, I hate to say it because I feel like Atlanta should have been home a long time ago. I don't really think Atlanta should have beat the Knicks in the first round, but they did. I don't feel like Atlanta should have beat Philly in the second round. But we all know what happened in that round, and they did. I don't feel like Atlanta should be in a series with Milwaukee. I feel like the series should be over. should have been over in four or five. But here we are again. This Atlanta team is right there in the thick of things and still fighting and may end up in the NBA Finals. But I do feel like if they end up in the NBA Finals, um, if Giannis is not healthy and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday can't buy you any more games and Trey Young come back and dominate, then I do feel like that they will lose. Atlanta will lose to whoever come out the West, whether it's the Suns or um, the Clippers. I feel like they don't have enough firepower to go against those two teams. Um... This is going to be on record. I don't feel like they won one game in that series against either one of those Western Conference teams. I feel like it's over in four or five games. Well, not five, but four games. Maybe five. You got to say Trey Young will probably get you one if he's back on the court and he's healthy. But the turn of events is just crazy. And this is why you play. This is exactly why you play the game of basketball. This is why you compete in anything as a sport, whether, whether it's combat sport, football, whatever sport it is, this is why you compete. The paper goes out the window about who has the better team, who has the best players, who gel more. All that stuff goes out the window. At the end of the day, it, it comes down to when you play on teams that are not better than teams that have the players and the, and the well-coaching and all the well, or well-coached teams, and they just got a bunch of players that are just hungry. And you have a solid coach. May not be the best. May not be a Phil Jackson or, or a Tyron Lue or Doc Rivers. But he might be one of those next tier coaches. Maybe like a Nate McMillan or somebody like that. But you can get those guys to believe and play free. And play that they have nothing to lose. Those are the most dangerous teams to play against. A team that doesn't have nothing, anything to lose. Because... They're not supposed to be there anyway. So if I'm not supposed to be this far in the playoff series or I'm not supposed to be here as a boxer or MMA fighter, I have nothing to lose. So all I have to do is go in there, do what I um, put the preparation together that I work hard for, weapons training, working out, you know, practicing on my jump shots, my, my defense, and going through drills that prepares me for being in between the lines or in the ring, I can just go out there freely and do what I do. The pressure is going to always be on the team that has star players or the guy or the guys or the coach or whatever have you. The pressure always go back to those teams that have the big names. And teams that have the one lone star or just really good or just really young and can play. There's no pressure because you tell those guys to go out there and play basketball. This is a this is a game of just love, you know, love for the game. You know, nothing nothing else attached to it. Forget the money, forget all that other stuff right now. They go out there and play for the love of the game and the sheer happiness of being able to compete against another team or other players and proving that you're just as good or that you belong. And those are the keys to beating 
super teams and teams with superstar players and superstar coaches and all that other shit, you know. Being being able to play free and loose is the key. See, when you trying to close out serious seriouses and stuff like that, a team that never been there before or a team that have something to prove, they tense up. And when, what happens when you when you tense up is you're not playing loose. You're playing with a lot of tension because you have all this weight on your shoulders saying that, damn, we're not even supposed to be in the dogfight with these guys. We're supposed to be steamrolling these guys. And those guys come in loose and relax and, and, and everything is free-flowing. That's when you're in the mindset of, man, I'm just doing what I got to do because I love this shit. I got the passion for this here. And as long as I go out there and show how passionate I am about this, show my creativity, bring my own creativity to this game, and leave it all out, or leave it all out there on the floor, leave it all out there in the ring, leave it all out there in between the lines playing football, you know, leave it out there on a diamond, leave it out there playing hockey or whatever the sport that that you are in. It don't even matter about the outcome after that because whatever the outcome is going to be is going to be, but you know that you left your whole body mind, heart, and soul out there. You gave it your all. And that's what you could do at the end of the day. Is give your all to something. That means you left no stones unturned. And that's pretty much what Atlanta's doing. You know, that's what the Sun between the Suns was doing when they beat the Lakers and they swept the Nuggets. That's what they were doing. They were just playing basketball. They they are a young group of guys, with one veteran guy on the team with Chris Paul, who never been to a Western Conference Finals, I don't think, or maybe he's been to one, but never been to an NBA Finals. That's your veteran superstar point guard, Chris Paul, who truly, if you want to be technical, he lacks experiences. In, in certain moments, as good as he is. So, I stated that this team will go as far as Chris Paul takes him. Devin Book is great. He's been sensational. Deontay Alton is great. He's going to be uh, a force to be working with for years to come. But when you have Devin Booker, your young superstar, with no experience whatsoever, 11 playoff games he played in, that's not a lot of experience. He just he just learning this shit as he goes. He's learning this shit as he goes, man. And and like you can't really expect him to know what it feels like to close out teams. Especially teams that won't quit. Teams that won't go away. Teams that won't lay down. See, Denver, they snatched Denver's soul when they swept them. No Jamal Murray. They just snatched that team's soul. And they swept them. With the Lakers, they had injuries. And shit like that. And, you know, eventually, they just wore the Lakers down. Lakers really shot themselves in the foot. Not too many great three-point shooters on that team. LeBron is an Asian superstar. And it's really starting to show. Now, we don't know if he's going to be at that high level again. I think LeBron got maybe a good year, two years, of being the LeBron that he once was. You know, all that, you know, head above the rim shit is slowly fading, you know. And then he's going to have to re-ramp his game and um, play with his back to the basket more. Play below, Playing below the rim is going to be a new, a new theme for him. So now that now that you know that LeBron's an agent superstar, who is LA gonna go out and get? Because they gotta get somebody else. Um, I think everybody on the team, like I said before, is expendable except for AD and LeBron. Everybody else can really go. Um, Kuzma needs to be in a team where he can just be himself. Um, maybe back, maybe um Detroit, the Detroit Pistons. Him and um Jeremy and Grant can be in Detroit together. 
where he can, you know, basically build his confidence and take a lot of shots and, you know, lose a lot of games too. But that may be good for for Kyle Kuzma. I believe Brandon Ingram was a guy they should have kept in the beginning. But um, it's working out for B.I. because he's in New Orleans with Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball, and they got their own little thing going. They're going to be really good. I think they just need a veteran piece that can really um, lead that locker room and let them guys know this is how we win. This is how we play games. This is how we're going to get to the next level. And they should be fine. The West is too competitive. You know, the West is really too competitive. I want to see what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. I don't think Ben Simmons is a bum. I don't think Ben Simmons is trash. I think Ben Simmons is an excellent young talent. He's 24 years old. I just believe Ben Simmons had to get his confidence back and his belief in himself back, get a shooting coach. I don't think his form is broken. I just think it's just something, it's just something mental. See, you can't be afraid to see in basketball. You can't, you got to be fearless in basketball. You got to be fearless in life. You can't be afraid certain things, even if he can't shoot, if he shot the ball, just let them know that, yeah, I will, I will shoot this shit, even if I'm going to miss, that's how you would get the respect of them guys, them guys would begin to press up at least, they'd be like, okay, he's going to shoot the basketball, but he didn't take one shot, so be I get Ben Simmons um, to have confidence in his shooting ability, and get Ben Simmons to be confident in going to the free throw line and actually making free throws. We got to get Ben Simmons' free throw percentage up. I mean, at least if he can shoot 65 to 75% next season, that's a start. You know, that's a start. But I think for Ben Simmons, a change may, may be needed. I don't think him and Joel Embiid really mesh well. You know, that was something that they tried to force Ben Simmons Will be elsewhere, I believe. I don't. Maybe Portland or Minnesota. A lot of people are saying the Golden State Warriors because he'd be around shooters. But him and Draymond are practically the same type of player, even though Draymond is a dog. And Draymond will get in his ass, and um, Draymond will push him to work and 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 build himself up and get Ben Simmons mentally tough, and maybe even physically tough. You know. Ben Simmons could learn a lot from a guy like Draymond Green, but who does the Golden State Warriors who is the Golden State Warriors giving up? Are you gonna give up your young center and Wiseman? Are you giving up Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, some draft picks? What are you gonna give for Ben Simmons? Because you know Philly's gonna want something. Um if it's true that Dane wants out of Portland after the Chauncey Billups hire as um head coach, I think Chauncey Billups is gonna be a hell of a coach. Uh Chauncey Billups have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. Chauncey Billups is the winner. He's a champion. He played for that um, Detroit Pistons team that beat the LA Lakers and won a championship with Rashid Wallace and um, Richard Hamilton and, and Ben Wallace and those guys. I mean, Tayshawn Prince, that team. I used to hate that team. I couldn't stand that Detroit team. But that's neither here nor there. But they, they definitely were a solid team, though. They, you had to respect them guys. But I hated them guys, man, at the same time. Because, you know, being at that time, I was a, I was a diehard L.A. fan. Loved Kobe. Um, loved Shaq at that time. I feel like the Lakers was the best thing since Lazy Bread. And, you know, even though, you know, they didn't win, I, I mean, I was tight. I think I was um, more hurt by the by the Celtic loss. I was like, damn, like, we... Like Kobe, like damn, Kobe lost to the Celtics. You know, Kobe the great. Man, you rest in peace. But um, yeah. Um, if Dame is out of Portland, where where where's he, where does he go? I mean, there's a lot of scenarios. There's a lot of things being rumored. You know, nothing is set in stone as of yet, but. When I do start hearing things and getting the real news about what's going to really happen, I will have more videos about it. But I do feel like Dame do need to get out of Portland. I don't think he needs to waste any more time in Portland. Um, I 
think he needs to be in the big market. I could see maybe um maybe in the East. Um, even though I think the East is really competitive right now, you figure with Kyrie and KD and James Harden with the Brooklyn Nets, you got Giannis in Milwaukee. You got Trey Young, Budden in Atlanta. Um, you may just have Joel and B, and maybe CJ McCullum and Philly. So you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Or you might have Bradley Bill in Philly. Bradley Bill in Philly would be clutch, man. Bradley Bill in Philly would be clutch. Bradley Bill gotta get the hell up out of Washington too. Bradley Bill in Philly. I kind of like that. I kind of like Bradley Bill in Philly. I think with the way Bradley Bill score, he can shoot the basketball. Him and Benson, I mean him and um, not Benson, but him and um, Joel Embiid would be phenomenal. You still have Steph Curry. You still have, probably have Tobias Harris. Um, and the rest of those guys. You know, I think the White House would come back to Philly for another year. You keep that. You kind of keep that team the same. Just minus Ben Simmons. Even though I'm all for working it out in Philly, if it's able to be worked out, but I don't think it can be worked out. I think Ben Simmons had to go be great on his own. Um, even D'Angelo Russell in Philly would be clutch. Um, he brings a lot to the table. He's coming off the bench in Minnesota, I think. So, yeah, I think if you can get Russell... And Philly, that would be clutch. Three guys that I wouldn't mind seeing in Philly if you're going to trade Ben Simmons. D'Angelo Russell, Bradley Bill, and CJ McCollum. You got to get shooters around Joel Embiid or a shooter around Joel Embiid. I don't think you can get Dame for, for Ben Simmons. The asking will be extremely high. Um, I do feel like Dane will probably end up somewhere in the West, maybe the East. I wouldn't mind seeing Dame Lillard with the Knicks, but the Knicks have to pull off something else to get Dame Lillard. Um, it can't just be Julius Randle. Like I said, Julius Randle is a good player, even though I still think he's a burger. But um, he's, he proved that he's developed a lot. Um, he did come up small in big moments for the Knicks. But, um, can I say it? Fucking guys, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's a superstar player. I really don't. Um, he probably won't make another all-star team either. Just a really good player. Just solid. Um, Randall is. I don't see him anything other than that. He's not a star. He's just a really good player. At times, he can be really, really good. Has some type of star potential, maybe. But I do think he's been overrated, overhyped. And that Atlanta experience, um, that Atlanta. Whoa, I lost, got lost track, excuse me. Playing against Atlanta, that Atlanta series showed that he was overrated. Showed that he was a little over, not a little, a lot overrated. And that's just something that can't happen if he's going to be the face of your franchise. But um, I digress. As you know, always know peace and love. So a lot of people feel like Javante Team Davis, Prime Mario Barrios, was a cherry pick at 140 because um, Josh Tiller, everybody know Josh Tiller is the 140 undisputed king at 140 in that division. But I do feel like Mario Barrios um, was a good fight for Javante Tank Davis, despite what everybody else thinks. I think Javante jumping up two weight classes is something to be commended. We know Javante Davis hasn't really fought anybody. You know, a lot of people say Doug Tevin Farmer, um, Doug the Vasily Lomachenko smoke. Don't want the Ryan Garcia smoke. 
don't want the Devin Haney smoke. And definitely at all costs avoiding the TFEMA Lopez smoke. But here's what I got to say about all of that, right? Yes, we know Javante Davis or Yoyokis Gamboa. And we know Gamboa is not the same Gamboa anymore since Terrence Bud Crawford fought him and stopped him. But um, that's neither here nor there. Now, I agree with that one. Gamboa was a cherry pick. Even Leo Santa Cruz may have been a bit of a cherry pick too because he was up on 126 or whatever may have you. Um, Mario Barrios, I don't think it was really that much of a cherry pick because here's why. Mario Barrios is the bigger guy. Mario Barrios had the height and reach advantage over Javante Tank Davis. And to honestly speak, we know Mario Barrios has power, but a lot of people will say he hasn't been in there with anybody. And this is why it was a cherry pick. But here's why this is good on Javante Tank Davis' standpoint. Javante Tank Davis got in there with something that was a bit risque. And why I say it's a bit risque, because when you are a guy of Javante Tank Davis' stature, you're five, 5'5", five, you're really supposed to be fighting at maybe 130, 135. It's supposed to be uh, Javante Tank Davis' max, right? We all know Javante Tank Davis have issues with making weight in the past, right? But his stature goes against goes against him. His stature and his frame goes against him. Meaning that Javante Tank Davis is really a big boy stuck in a little man's body. Right? Javante Tank Davis is a big boy stuck in a little man's body. I say that shit again. In case you didn't in case you didn't hear me. Or in case you don't get the the um the formality that I'm coming with, right? He's really po Javante Tank Davis is one of them guys that if he was about five eight, five nine, he would be fighting at probably one forty seven, right? Or one fifty four because Javante Tank Davis he, he he likes to eat, right? He likes to eat. And I think he does better with with more weight on him. He's one of them guys that's supposed to have more weight on him. So that's why it's hard for him to stay at 135, you know, or 130, right? It's hard for him to make that weight. A lot of people say he's not disciplined. Maybe a lot of people say he's not disciplined enough. Um, He just want to do what he want to do. But we don't know that. We don't know if Javante Tank Davis is disciplined enough or not. We're not in his everyday day. We're not in his everyday today life. So we can't. We can't really. It's some shit that you really can't put too much emphasis on because you don't really know about that. But we do know as an athlete, you're supposed to always stay at your weight or around your weight. That is very much so true. If you're in any competitive sport like boxing or MMA. Or whatever you want to stay in your weight range. So that means if you fight at 130, you either want to be 130 or 125, right? Maybe 135 max to try to get back down to 130, right? But I say if you stay at 130, you're safe. Or you stay at 125, you give yourself a little bit of, of an advantage to come up to that weight, right? Because, you know, when you rehydrate and all that other shit, that shit will come that 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 way to be right at at its peak where it's supposed to be at. Right? Assuming if you do things right. Boom, that knocks that out the way. But that's the problem with Javante St. Davis. He's a little man he's a little man. He's a big man stuck in a little man's body. Now I I do think Javante St. Davis have skills. 
I do think he's skilled. I think he's very skilled. He's, he's fast. He's strong. He's powerful, right? And that power translated to one to 140. He carried that power up to 140. The power is real. Um, Despite how he looked against Jamboa, you know, the power is real. And that motherfucking uppercut is lethal. He hit, she hit somebody with that uppercut. It's, it's for sure to put a nigga down. But, um, it was a challenge for him, I would say. Because Mario Barrios gave him a little something. Gave him a little taste of the division. And everybody was saying, oh, he just want to fight y'all. Can't lie. Ah, it's that third. Look, man. Sometimes you got to start with the, not the entry level when you're going up in the next division, to the next division. But you have to start with maybe the B, C level fighters or the C minus level fighters when you step into the division. You want to get a taste for it. You want to get, you want to get a sense of you belong. Everybody can't go at the, everybody's not meant to go at the killers when they moving up to a different weight division. Right, especially if a killer perceive you to be a killer, they may not want to fight you. May not want to fight you more enough, right? Right, because a lot of people, a lot of people at one forty seven, they didn't want, they didn't want that Errol Spence smoke. When Errol Spence was moving up in that division, a lot of them guys didn't want to fight Errol Spence Jr. Errol Spence Jr. had to, had to beat a couple guys that, that he was better than, right, before he. Start getting into some good competition. Um, I think the best competition that Earl Spence really had, and that you can use as a measuring stick, was Showtime Sean Porter. I think Showtime Sean Porter pushed Errol Spence to levels that Errol Spence may have may not have ever been pushed before. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people might say Errol Spence. For Sean Porter fight, I mean, I kind of disagree with that shit right there. I think Sean Porter imposed his will on Errol Spence, and Errol Spence had to go through that, through that tornado. He had to go through that, through that damn, that damn storm, knowing that Sean Porter, because we know how Sean Porter fights. Sean Porter is rough, rugged, and um, he's gonna be in your chest. That's Sean Porter, and. You got to deal with that shit for 12 rounds. Because, you know, Sean Porter has a solid chin. Sean Porter is a guy that has never been knocked out, right? So, you're going against a guy who has never been knocked out, who likes to be in your chest. You're going to make it rough and rugged for you. You're going to get you're gonna get some accidental headbutts. You're going to get some, some rough house shit. You're going to get some rough house shit. He's going to get in your chest. He's going to get physical with you. And you're not gonna like it. So that's if you're one of them fighters who like to keep the distance, who don't like to get into them in close battles. Now, Errol Spence had to hold his ground, which he which he did in that fight. Because that shit show that Sean Porter is, that storm that Sean Porter is gonna bring to you, that's real. And you gotta be able to go through that. And it was times where where Errol Spence did hit him low. <laughs> Not going to lie. Errol Spence hit Sean Porter low a couple times. You know, because that's a lot to deal with. That is a lot to deal with. A guy who keeps coming forward. And and then Sean Porter showed that he, he has some, some some extra shit to his game. I mean, he turned Errol Spence several, several times in that fight. And it's like, oh, shit. He's turning him like. He's stepping this way. He's, he's twisting that way. And he's hitting him on this. He's hitting him from that angle. And Sean Porter showed a lot in that fight against Errol Spence. I would love to see him run that shit back. I think Sean Porter may win. Uh, but I think Errol Spence is getting better. But I do feel like I do feel like that would be good. Even though you can go. I think that second fight, you'd be hardly be the same as the first. You can go either way. Whoever you like. Um... But Errol Spence, he did, he, he, he lucky got better after the car accident, like he got stronger. Um, I don't know what's happening with the Manny Pacquiao fight. 
I don't know if it's still on or not. Um, hopefully it is still on. But if not, let's see if he if we can get that time in the Bud Crawford fight between Errol Spence and um Bud. I mean, Bud got a belt. Errol got two belts. You know, why not? Um, if not, maybe Errol Spence go uh Udinis Ugas way. I think Ugas has a belt now, right? Or some shit like that. But um, if Evo Spence get in there with Ugas and he stops Ugas, who gave Sean Porter some hell, that goes, you know, that'd be that'd be something. Um, but I do feel like Jermonte Davis really testing himself because um, Barrios is a big puncher too. He he got some pop, and Barrios hit Jermonte St. Davis with some good shots, and you know. You know, he may have Tank Buzz for a minute in that fight, too. Um, but Tank is just a killer, man. Um, I do think he's a killer. I won't give him the killer label. I do think he's a killer. I will not give him the killer label until you know, I see him fight somebody. Um, like uh, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia is good. He's really good. But I think if Tank catch Ryan Garcia and maybe lights out. I mean Luke Campbell did drop Ryan Garcia too. Um uh Tank has definitely has more pop than Luke Campbell have. Or maybe Tank Davis should should go back down to one eighty five fight Luke Campbell. That'd be somebody on his resume. Um fight Luke Campbell, beat Luke Campbell. And maybe get in the ring with um Ryan Garcia. Uh, I think he beats Ryan. Ryan is fast. Ryan is is a little yeah. Ryan is fast. He's lanky. Um, Ryan has pop too. That's tough. Uh, I want to see it though. That's tough though. But I, I think. Tink could give him some problems, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tink stopped him. Um, but we gotta see what happens as far as that. Um, you gotta give Tink a puncher's chance, even against Lom, even against Lomachenko. Uh, I think even against high tech Lomachenko, you have to give Tink a chance because if Lomachenko went in and tried to overwhelm him, let his hands go, and Tink slipped. One uppercuts in there, I think Loma's going to sleep. That's how vicious Tink uppercuts is. If if Tink hits Loma with an uppercut flush, I think that's the show right there. Um, he showed time and time again that them uppercuts is lethal. Um, if he catch Loma with an uppercut, Loma's Loma sleep. Yeah, Loma is sleeping. Um. I think him and Tio, him and Tio will be fun, um, because Tio was a guy that got got that firepower in his hands too. Two guys with firepower in their hands is like whoever gets to who first, and I got I, I gotta give it. I think Tio beats him. I don't know if T, if they one of them will knock each other out, but I think I do feel like Tio. TFEMA will edge him. Probably by decision. I don't see nobody getting stopped, really. Um, but it it, it it does come down to whoever gets to who, who's first. I know I'm rambling. I just jumped off of the whole Mario Bios and Tank Davis thing. But back to it. Mario Bios, he had a hell of a chin, too. Um, but Tank, when Tank got you hurt, Tank, he goes for it, you know. As anybody should go for it in boxing. When you got your guy hurt, you got to go for it. But you got to be calculated and going for it. You got to make sure he really is hurt, you know. So you just want to go. You don't want to go all outlandish with it. But you want to go. You feel like you got him buzzed. You want to see how buzzed he is. So you might, you know, you might walk him down. You might touch him with something. And if you touch him with something and it's like, okay, he's ready to go, then, you know, it's go time. But um, 
Tank Davis is pretty good with that. Um, we see what happened with Anthony Joshua when where he dropped Andy Ruiz in that first fight. He's like, oh man, he's ready, and Andy Andy wasn't ready, and it ended up being Joshua Joshua being um being stopped on his feet in the corner. You know, Joshua Anthony Joshua, that's my guy. Um, that's my favorite heavyweight in the division right now. I mean, I think AJ, um, everything he does for the sport and what he stands for. Um, AJ, he wants to be great. Um, and he is great. You know, he has WBA, WBO, um, the RBF. He's only missing what one belt. You know, he got all the all the straps except for one. Two-time unified champion. So, I mean, what more could you ask for from a guy like AJ? You know, AJ is the man. Everybody said AJ don't got a chin. But if everybody figured AJ been there, guys who can punch. Perekin, um, definitely one. Perekin is a guy who could punch. Um, Dillian White is a guy who could punch. Uh, Klitschko is a guy who actually dropped him. And um, he got up, and he stopped Klitschko. Arguably, um, one of the biggest punches in the division at that time was Klitschko. And everybody said Wilder. Yeah, Wilder got that. He had the right hand, but can't Wilder put it together. That's what I want to see if Wilder can put them combinations together. If Wilder can put them combinations together against Fury and then hit him with the right hand, now... Now we got something. Now we have something. If Deontay Wilder could put combination together to hide that big right hand and then and then hit you with that big right hand because he put the combinations together, that's that would be lethal. See Wilder would be lethal if he actually had some fucking boxing skills. He would be lethal if he has a boxing skill because the right hand is there. If he's able to hit you hit you with the one two then the three, you know what I'm saying? Like, just if you put, put them combinations together, man. Hopefully, you learn how to put them combinations together. Because once once a guy like Wilder learns how to put combinations together, get his footwork better, um, and get his defense up, dangerous man. And if he was a Doing this shit early in his career, he would be a dangerous man. Dangerous, 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 dangerous. Lethal. If he had some boxing fucking skills, he would be lethal. Um, I got to give that credit where that credit is due. If Wilder had some boxing skills, he would be lethal. And if he wasn't a chicken at times. So, yeah, I see how he looked July 24th against Fury. I do think Fury has a soul. And I do think. When Fury touches him, everything that he's been working for, the reverse, hopefully this silent treatment shit is working for the better. But I think if he actually talked about some of the shit that he was saying as a man face-to-face, he would get a lot more credit. That's just my thoughts. But yeah, it was a good test for Tank Davis. Mario Barrios was a good test. Not, not, not nothing... Crazy, crazy, but it was a good test. And I think this is just the beginning for um for Team Davis as far as stepping up in competition. This is a this is a good uh stepping stone in the right direction. Now, I don't know if things should stay at one forty. But um we shall see what happens. I know that Josh Tiller probably won't be around at one forty too much longer. Um Hopefully, we do get that Terrence Bud Crawford, Josh Taylor fight. Even though I would lean towards Bud, it'd be a good test for Bud. Um, I feel like Bud beats him, uh, and then you could say Bud has somebody on his resume because Terrence Bud Crawford is a he's a hell of a fighter. He's a hell of a fighter. Maybe he should have the Sean Porter smoke and beat Sean Porter. To have that, to have Sean Porter's name on his resume, I do agree with that. You know, 
sometimes you have to step outside the box and do what needs to be done. And um, hopefully, we can get Josh Till on his resume. That's going to be a good one. That'll be a good one. Even though I think Josh Till needs to fucking run the back of Regis Progray because I feel like Regis Progray won that fight. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to that shit. I feel like Regis Progray beat Josh Taylor. That's my opinion. Josh Taylor needs to run the back with Regis Progray. He got all the scraps. Run that shit back with Regis Progray. But I think Regis Progray moved to 147. I'm not too sure. But um, if not, I think Josh Taylor should run that shit back with Regis Progray. If he can't get, I don't know who his mandatory is. Um, but if he has to fight a mandatory for his belts, then he should take care of that. And after that, if he can't get that Terrence Bud smoke, I feel like if we just progress still in that division, run that shit back, we just progress. Being man about that shit. Cause Jaw Teller's a hell of a fighter. I give Jaw Teller credit. I'm not really a Jaw Teller fan, but I give credit what credit is due. Jaw Teller, he's good for boxing because he's willing to get in there with anybody and mix it up. And that's what I like about him. He has a good skill set. He has a good skill skill good skill set. I thought Jose Ramirez was going to beat him, but he has a good skill set. He dropped Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez and I like himself against Josh uh, Taylor. And kudos to Josh Taylor for that shit because he made Jose Ramirez look like nothing. And this is the guy who, who beat the shit out of Maurice Hooker. <laughs> but, um, you know... Good test for Tank Davis. Um, Jamal Charlo, he did go life or death with, with um whatever that guy's name is. I don't even remember that nigga name, but he did go life or death with him. But sometimes you have to go life or death with the opposition that you're quote unquote better than, because again, you never underestimate your opponent. Never underestimate your opponent just because this is why I said you really can't compare guys who fight other guys too much because this is where you go wrong with it. That guy, all right, yeah, he fought Jaime Mogere. Jaime Mogere made easy work of him, right? But that other, that probably, he probably wasn't up for that fight. You know, sometimes guys don't wake up for certain fights, you know. And maybe he was game for this Jamal Charlo fight. He said, and it's a title on the line. You know, I'm game for this this nigga here. Like he he talking about he a lion and all this other shit. Let me show him. Let me let me show him what kind of heart I got. And that's exactly what we showed him because Jamal Charlo hit that man with some, some. He hit him with everything but the kitchen sink, man. And um, Jamal Charlo got popped. Mel got popped. More got popped. More got popped. Jamal Charlo got popped. Um, but he did go life or death with him. And I think, I think Jamal had a bad night. I do think he slightly had a bad night. And it's all right. We have bad nights, you know, as athletes and humans in general, we have bad days. You know, sometimes you can train your ass off for something and it don't show, you know. Shit, sometimes you can overtrain for something and you look, look subpar, you know, but you gotta, you gotta always have challenges, you know. A lot of people didn't think Canelo looked so good against fucking Triple G, right? But I know a lot of people won't say, "Oh, that's Triple G, that's Triple G, that's a name, da, 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 da. all that shit, man." But Laura, we could say Laura gave Canelo hell. Isn't Laura gave Canelo hell, right? Isn't Laura is. One of them fighters, he's very tricky too. I don't like his style. I feel like Erland Lara, he <laughs> he kind of get on his bike a lot. He kind of remind me of Adrian Broner with that shit sometimes. But um, even though he's way better than AB, AB is uh, I'm disappointed with Adrian Broner, man. To me, Adrian Broner was 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 gonna be the shit, man. And then he ran into. Madonna and all that other shit he was going through in his career, and he's not the same fighter. But AB with 
AB was special, and he was going to be a special talent, man. And it's just unfortunate that his career turned out the way it turned out, man. I can't believe that shit, man. AB was, was, was <laughs> hand speed. I mean, you got to love his skill set, man. The hand speed, the power. When he lets his fucking hands go, it's a work of art, man. When AB let his hands go, that shit is like a work of art. When AB's boxing and doing this shit, letting his hands go, it's a work of art. But when AB is chilling up and holding that high guard defense and getting hit and shaking his head, no, 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 that shit is annoying. Like, it's just like, bruh, you used to be that nigga, man. Like, like, damn, homie. A couple years ago, you was the man, homie. Like, fuck happened to you? Like, anyway, that's it. I'll let y'all later. So, the NBA Finals is set. And um, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. So, it should be a good one. They took care of business last night. The Bucks and beating um, the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. No Trey Young. I mean, well, really, it's like no Trey Young, but he played, but he wasn't effective. So, therefore, it was like having no Trey Young out there. Thought Atlanta was going to come with it and win, but finally, the the Atlanta team is gone and out of the playoffs. It's unfortunate because they was on a pretty good run and they was making me look bad, pick after pick after pick. Like I said, um, that New York Atlanta series between them and the Knicks. It was kind of iffy, iffy anyway, even though I had Atlanta running. I thought the Knicks would pull it off and get to the second round and then uh, ultimately lose, but that wasn't the case. Atlanta took care of business against the Knicks, got to the next round, and um, played the Philadelphia 76ers and took care of them. And, you know, I mean, they went on, they went on a great run. Uh, I feel like they're going to be good. In the coming years, they need a couple of other pieces, but it was close. It was that close that they were going to go to the NBA Finals, literally. I think if Trey Young didn't get hurt, it might be a little bit of a different story. But all in all, the playoffs have been great this year. Very uh, competitive. Um, A lot of different outcomes. A lot of unexpected things happened. Nobody expected the Lakers to lose in the first round, but they did. Nobody expected the Clippers to not go to the NBA Finals with the Lakers not being in the way, but they did. And nobody expected Denver to get swept. <laughs> but they did. But, you know, nah. In all reality, you know, Joker was the, is the MVP of the league, right? He was supposed to at least get them one game. I will state that. So I'm blue in the face, but he didn't. So, um, is he really the MVP? That's a really legitimate question, but we're not going to get into that. I feel like, you know, if he wasn't going to give it to Steph after the run he went on the last two months and then again, the Warriors into the playoffs that they didn't lose to Memphis, I mean, come on. And my second option was Joel Embiid. I feel like Joel Embiid numbers were better than um than Joker, especially scoring wise. But the only thing about Joel Embiid, he stays in and out the lineup with injuries. But at least um if Joel Embiid was out was without Ben Simmons, he would at least win you one or two games at the MVP, right? Just hypothetically speaking, if that was the situation. That they were that they were in like the Denver Nuggets were, were in without Jamal Murray. Like I said again, I di- uh, I digress on that. Um, my pick for the NBA Finals is the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul has led this young team this far to his first NBA Finals. Chris Paul was phenomenal. Chris Paul knows that this was his moment, maybe his last moment, maybe his last chance of trying to get a win, trying to get a ring. I think he will get his first ring. Um, great NBA career. Great, great NBA career. Chris Paul is probably the most complete point guard of this era. And what he can do out there on the basketball court. I mean, 
the guy's phenomenal. I think injury rolled him up. Injuries kind of slowed him down and rolled him up a lot in previous playoff series. And, um, you know, had a little stand with the injury in, in these playoffs too. But Chris Paul wasn't able to rest and get healthy and, you know, and now he's here. And I feel like the Phoenix Suns are going to be your WNBA, their NBA champions. They're going to be your NBA champions. They will be your NBA champions. No doubt about it in my mind. I think it's going to go five or six. Um, I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks can do what they did against Atlanta. It's going to be tough, especially if Giannis is not playing. I think even if Giannis is playing, you go six or seven games with Giannis and lose. Uh, Devin Booker is going to be too much. Um, Chris Paul is going to be there. Um, Aiden is good. You know, Cameron Payne off the, coming off the bench. And then you got Cameron Johnson. You got Jay Crowder, who's tough. He plays defense. He can knock down threes. You got um, Mikel Bridges, I believe. Mikel Bridges is his name. I get the Bridges confused. Like I said, there's one in Charlotte, too. He can play. The Phoenix Suns, to me, is the, the complete team. They will win. Devin Booker will be a champion. Um, Deontay Aiton will be a young champion. You know, this is this is their chance now. We know that West is the Western Conference is the toughest conference. The Eastern Conference is is tough because you know James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is going to be healthy next year, and um, everybody's talking about where Kawhi is going to go. Where Kawhi's next move is PG thirteen deserves a lot of credit in these playoffs. Again, his best playoff run. His best playoff run ever in the playoffs. Like I said, in playoff runs in Indiana were horrible. He disappeared a lot. So I do think it was a mental thing with him. I think he was going through a lot with mental health and stuff like that. And um, he overcame those things. He played well. He just couldn't duplicate it in game six, which is okay. You know, it's okay, you know. Can't win them all. He definitely, he's definitely a star. And not just a complimentary star or a one a one B banana or whatever you know skipping these guys like to call him is or George Paul no he's Paul George he's PG thirteen and he's a he's a, he's a really 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 good player he's a star in the league may not be a superstar I think he needed to get the Clippers to the um, NBA Finals to be considered a superstar player and um I do think. Paul George can play without Kawhi Leonard if Kawhi Leonard decides to bolt out of L.A. and go to the Lakers or go to Miami. But if he realizes to Miami, man, he's gonna have a. It's gonna be tough for him to win there because Brooklyn is gonna be the favorite. You know, Brooklyn is definitely gonna be the favorite. We don't know what kind of moves Philly is gonna make as far as with Ben Simmons. If you figure that, if you believe that Philly is gonna make a move. You know, to trade Ben Simmons, it's gonna probably be for C.J. McCollum. Um, they're probably gonna go after a guy like Bradley Bill if if he decides that he wants out of Washington, which he should decide that he wants out of Washington. I don't see Washington being good. I mean, what are you gonna put around Bradley Bill and um and Russell Westbrook? Like, you gotta put another piece around them guys to to win. And um, I don't see anybody really in a rush to realign to Washington and play in the East. It's just like playing out West. You figure that, you figure if you're Bradley Bill, if you can stay in the East and, you know, go to a team like Philly, you know, or either end up in um Portland with um Dame Lillard, you know, something has to happen, whether you, you know, Portland got to think about what they're going to do as far as trying to keep Lillard there and keep Lillard happy. And you might have to flip CJ for Bradley Bill. I think that would be a good move. I think Bradley Bill would give Dame Lillard a little bit more, you know, help in big moments. You know, CJ is big time. Don't get me wrong. CJ McCollum is big time. I like CJ game a lot, but CJ, he's known to pull a, a a disappearing act here, here or there, you know. And 
I feel like Bradley Bill will be right there with Dame Lillard. Imagine them two guys going crazy at the same time and with another piece around them. That backcourt would be um, a legitimate backcourt with with Dame Lillard and um, Bradley Bill. And, and it'll be uh, lethal, too, because both guys can, can fill it up. Um, Bradley Bill would eat in Philly, too. I mean... Bradley Bill would, would would eat in Philly, um, because all the attention to be on Joel Embiid in the paint, and Embiid can kick it out to a guy like Bradley Bill who can get his own buckets. And Bradley Bill is big time, man. He show he's big time, man. He show he's a bucket getter. Um, if their team had a better record, uh, Bradley Bill. Probably will probably would have been big time in the MVP conversation because the year he had it's just been crazy. He uh he got beat out for the scoring title by Steph by Steph Curry. Steph Curry beat him out, and he beat him out last second. You know Steph Curry went on that 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 a month and a half two months run of just dropping buckets. That's what helps Steph Curry clinch that scoring title at thirty three. Like I said, the second player since Michael Jordan at that age to clinch a scoring title and to go on a run like that that prolific. And Bradley Bell been the guy who was killing all season long. So just imagine if the record was there to match. If the record was there to match, Bradley Bell would have been not only a scoring champion of the league, but he would have been a league MVP too. And... That's saying a lot for the season he had. I think he had to show Bradley Bill some love. Definitely um, top three shooting guard in the league right now. Um, I don't think you can name too many other shooting guards that's that's better than Bradley Bill. You would say um, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, and then I think you go Bradley Bill at that two position. Um I don't see it no other way, you know. Like I said, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, it'd be James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Bill in my eyes. That's in the league right now. Um, because James Harden definitely the best shooting guard in the NBA right now. There's nobody better. I mean, you can make an argument for Devin Booker, but I I do think Booker's top five. But I I think Bradley Bill is. I I believe Bradley Bill is 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 definitely top three with the with what he proved this year. Devin Booker could fill it up, you know that seventy two point game or seventy point game he had really really showed what he can do. That's why I say he's right there. You could you could um maybe rotate those two guys, but Bradley Bill Bradley Bill is a bad man, man. He's he's a bad man, and he's only gonna get better. So. But yeah, um, the NBA Finals should be great. It's gonna be great. Phoenix Suns have arrived. Chris Paul has arrived, and if Chris Paul has a goddamn say so, he will be a champion when this is all said and done. Um, and he will be. Milwaukee Paul told me disappearing acts. Milwaukee cannot disappear in this series. They cannot disappear. They cannot live by the three ball. They have to bang down low, and and get them buckets in the paint. And can't fall in love with the three-point shot. Drew Holiday has to be on his A game. Chris Middleton has to be perfection if there's no Giannis. He has to be perfection. He has to be perfect. He can't take no games off. Brooke Lopez has to be damn near perfect. And all those guys have to play big. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, those guys have to play with no blemishes. On their record, because they show up with some blemishes, they're gonna lose to the Phoenix Suns. Mark my word, five or six games, because Devin Booker is gonna gonna do what he does best. Do what he does best. Chris Paul is hungry. He's there. He has a ride. He's not gonna roll over easy. He's gonna play his heart out. He's gonna win his first championship. Chris Paul is gonna win his first championship. And you may not never see the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals again, <laughs> because the West is that tough. But Mark my word, Chris Paul has arrived. He's going to take advantage of this moment, and he will be an NBA champion. If Giannis doesn't play in five or six games, they'll win. If Giannis play, 
maybe six or seven. Still going with the Phoenix Suns. It's not Milwaukee yet. It's not the year. It's not the year. The deer. There's no fear in the deer. None of that bullshit. The deer will get the um suffer from a heat stroke. <laughs> the deer will suffer from a heat stroke because the sun is the sun is the suns is coming in and the suns is gonna be strong, man. And that's it. Peace and love.